Charlie Penwarden is a British marketing director and UX consultant who focuses on organic growth strategies that blend the user's needs with the search engine's needs to ultimately create a master plan for long-term success. Over the past 10 years, Charlie has worked on a number of exciting projects for in-house teams, agencies, and startups with a variety of clients, including one of the world's first adaptability assessment platform in AQAI, online course enhancements to the Future Learn platform and event management software for AstraZeneca. He has a background in psychology, having practiced mental health care in psychiatrics hospitals, and is currently redesigning a new human-centric mental health system as we speak. When I first saw Charlie's profile, I was curious. Someone working in marketing and UX together? Quite an unusual combination for two functions which are usually rather siloed. Charlie has showed me how marketers can learn from the user research practices and how a new product trio, marketing slash UX slash product, could benefit an organization. Listen and be emerged in a world of data, communication, and user empathy. Welcome to Product Perspectives, the podcast for product people that gives a voice to their stakeholders, hosted by Magali Pellissier. Each weekly episode shows you the other side of the product with interviews of the people who contribute to making products a success. They are engineers, writers, marketers, support analysts, UX designers, or even salespeople. Not only will they get the credit they deserve, but they will share their perspectives on what makes a good product and product manager. Stakeholder management is a key skill for product managers. So just as you're obsessed with listening to your customers, let's hear from your stakeholders. Thank you very much for being on a podcast today. I'm very interested in hearing from you because you've got that double background in UX and in marketing. So my first question is, how did you decide that you wanted to have both components in your career? There's actually a funny story. I always started with marketing and previously was in mental health and psychiatry. So I've always been interested in psychology and applied psychology and marketing. But it was, funnily enough, it was when I was working for an agency, they had a client that we were doing some work on. And at the time, I was head of marketing for the agency. And then there was a bit of an issue that happened on a Friday evening and they needed a user experience representative from the agency to help with a client meeting on Monday morning. So I'd obviously been interested in user experience just because of Google and the search engine updates are really leaning towards delivering a great user experience. Obviously had the psychology background, but it was really the agency needing me as a user experience representative that made me spend my weekend <laughs> learning all about user experience and transformation to be able to talk knowledgeably. Very interesting and good to see that you've learned everything by yourself. So how did you learn about UX? Good question. I went on a Nielsen Norman course for the Nielsen Norman group, who are pretty lauded as a respectable uh, UX education platform and, and educators, obviously. From there, the agency were great with helping me develop my applied user experience skills. Self-taught is, is great, but you don't pick up the same principles, you don't pick up the same experience, and, and obviously you're following a curriculum. Uh, and I actually did a, a conversion Excel, a CXL course on neuromarketing, and neuromarketing being the more experiential understanding of, of how people use 
websites and apps by tracking their eyes, tracking their biometrics and tracking all sorts of other um, really interesting measurement to determine how a product is usable. And that was fascinating, really, for me to see and apply some of my psychology and, and psychiatry experience in there as well. So it was kind of the perfect blend for me. On the job was incredible just how quickly you learn. And obviously, you'll pick up some bad habit, but having to be the representative, the UX representative for a client, go through the user research element, work with the designer on creating a user and data informed product that was great experience so yeah i was thankful for that opportunity you're blending marketing with user experience this is not something we hear a lot we talk about user experience working a lot with product and with engineering and product working with marketing but we never hear marketing working with ux so can you tell us a bit more about that how does that work and what does it bring when i was working in marketing my best campaigns that i worked on was almost always attached to some element of user need. That was really key when you get too obsessed with product features or, you know, this is what we do best and this is why we do it best. This is our purpose. It's very insular. It's very all about us. And this is why you should buy the product because it's a very good price. There's obviously the five P's of marketing that go into creating a great campaign, but it was actually a turning point of understanding the jobs to be done framework which really saw how it flipped user research really on its head and certainly product design in understanding that, you know, people have a job to be done and there's multiple different variations of why they're doing something. But I just realized that there was a perfect connection between deeply understanding from an early stage, the user requirements, what, what makes them tick, what's motivating them, why they're doing things, the emotional value of it. To then deliver that, obviously, there's a messy middle, <laughs> I like to call it, where you get into design, development, testing, and then iterating when you're in early stage product development. It's very difficult to be somebody in product marketing and not have the real, true, deeper understanding of the users, having spoken to them, having run interviews, focus groups, analyzed the surveys and looked at the feedback, there is a disconnect there. But I just saw how valuable and how better performing our campaigns were in the marketing function when we actually carried out the early stage data analysis and user research, uh, and then obviously hand it to product. Product does their thing, uh, and then we come out the other end towards the end of the project. Quite surprised that it hasn't happened, and I think maybe people listening will will think that it's actually the role of product marketing to really understand the users and conduct the user experience element to it. But I think when I was working on a, an early stage startup product a couple of years ago, I, I didn't have much choice because there was only a few of us in the team. So I found myself working with design and development on the actual uh, user experience design and the UI and how the user journeys worked. And then it really helped us with the product marketing side of things when you're showcasing how the product works and you're connecting that with their needs. And I think that's probably what's missing is not knowing how their needs connect to the product and then connect to what's seen in the outside world and what attracts them from, from the marketing. 
Yeah, it seems that product marketing are usually brought at the end of the development cycle when the product is ready to ship mm -hmm. and we just need to advertise it to the world. It would be good to have product marketing involved from the start. So in my previous episode, I talked to an engineer because we tend to bring or try and bring engineers into that early stage of the development so they have empathy with the users and they understand why we're solving the problems we're solving. So does that mean you would bring product marketing in the conversation and really make them partner of the UX team on that? Yeah, so what worked well when I was working with AstraZeneca is that we used to have certain people from different teams come and shadow the user research interviews. And that was really, really helpful for product marketing. I definitely feel like they should be involved in the user research interviews, even shadowing just understanding the language people use and at worst case that that UX team that starts the research um, before they go into design and development they maybe create some kind of digital whiteboard on Miro or a video or something that just even a document that that isn't necessarily for engineers but it's more toward how marketing would be able to interpret that that's a real surefire way of guaranteeing a, a brilliant product and a really well-received product externally. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I'm adding this as my to-do list. I had this situation when I wanted marketing to better understand my product. And the reason I did not bring them in the user research phase is because there weren't that many of them compared to the number of product managers and they didn't have the capacity to attend all the sessions and to really take the time to deeply understand the product. So have you seen examples of companies that managed to do this successfully to bring marketing in the development process? And is it because they have more marketing people? I think having a specific area for product marketing that's created by UX or created by the product manager early is really, really helpful just so they can use it as that one point of truth early on. I think when you're trying to involve marketing in the earlier stages, obviously they don't really know what the product's going to look like yet, or they don't know some of the feature sets or or how it's going to work. So they find it very difficult to be able to translate that into campaigns or marketing messaging or targeting but creating a special dashboard or notion board or something in Miro that just articulates the real reasons about the product its existence not necessarily a PRD it doesn't need to be a product requirements document because obviously that would be a little bit more technical creating that from the start would would really help them understand that and to be honest with content and SEO being so important for SaaS products these days the making them feel like there's value there and it's not just a tick box exercise is really key. Some of the gold that we in marketing bring out is from some of the early stage surveys or interviews. We can tie a lot of content strategy to what the users are saying. Good point. So how would you work in an ideal world with a product manager then? How often do you interact? Are there some particular phases of the development where you're more involved? The best scenario is having visibility on activity across the board and then having at least a weekly meeting for 30 minutes to an hour 
just to understand and it may not be anything important necessarily for marketing but just to understand how development's going and why decisions are being made making sure that they can start to craft their messaging start to create the bones of a campaign we always try and have a weekly meeting with with UX uh, myself and the product team even if they're just updating stuff that's going on Interesting. You've just created a new product trio, <laughs> marketing and, and product. One thing that I dislike about the whole journey and the whole product development cycle is that when we talk about UX, obviously, you can start with research. It can go through to prototyping and working with design and development. And then it may have some element of testing, depending on how robust, how much time and budget you have. Uh, in there, but if testing isn't too isn't uh, too intense, and development may pick up testing, you might not see that product again, or you may not see certain elements of it or certain milestones because the teams are just doing their thing essentially, and they're just getting on with the sprints and trying to knock out and build all of the features, etc. So that mitigates it. Okay, so if UX and marketing should be at the same table as engineering, how about if you as marketers joined our ways of working? How would mm. you feel about working in sprints and, for example, at the end of a sprint, showing also to the rest of the team what marketing has done? Oh, all for that. Marketing are as, as much to blame as the rest of the function in a product team or, or in a organization that's driven by product because they just get on with things and have lots of different things to do they don't go back and explain their reasoning and to be honest i've seen a lot of respect being lost by some of the marketing activity that happens because it's disconnected with the process there's a chicken and egg situation there with you know what comes first I think when more functions get involved that definitely can cause more problems and I don't know if feeding in the right things and having the boundaries is really key, certainly from a marketing function. So understanding product feedback loop and how engineering are getting on with something in particular, that's kind of helpful for marketing. But I think cross visibility and communication is probably the foundation to all of these things that we've talked about. And it has to be two-way it, it, or bi-directional. It, it can't just sit siloed. You know, marketing may take this and go, right, this is the campaign we're pushing. And engineering and design with product, with UX, they all care about how the product's being perceived externally. I think that's a misconception that marketing owns that. Obviously, they lead on that, but I wouldn't necessarily say they own that because a hell of a lot of work goes into creating it into how, how functional it is. So... One thing I used that was really, really effective was 10, 15 minute uh, Loom videos recorded and just distributed asynchronously to go to just over communicate what's happening. And people may be interested, they may not, um, but at least there's that conversation. Even asynchronously, then I think that mindset would help them over communicate. Definitely. I totally get it. We know that some organizations already struggle to see the value in UX. They think it's just the user interface, doesn't really matter. Why would we do user research? So already there's a lot of work to get that recognition of the importance mm -hmm. of UX. So how do you think we could help get that recognition of 
breaking the silos between product marketing and UX and product? A great question. I think that it's multifaceted, but it almost always delivers a better, more usable product in the future. And it's difficult because it's quite tangential in that sense. There isn't necessarily proven statistics there. Leadership may not value UX well enough because there isn't a strict process and there isn't a strict workflow. So if I handed you over a really nice workflow that says this is what's happening, this is how it works, and this is what it's going to feed into, without this we're going to deliver a a subpar product or a product that isn't as well used and retained by its users, then that would be great. Rather than just saying, oh, we need to do some quick user research before we hand over to the product team or design team, and just trying to get some user interviews sorted. If there was a real process, that would legitimize it, add some credibility, and it would add some trust as well because you're communicating the process. I don't actually think I've seen much of that. We've got some high-level processes that says, do this, researchers at this point, then maybe some handover, some iterating, some prototyping, and like seeing plenty of diagrams that do that. But what about the actual how this works? So who's who's how are we finding users <laughs> what tool are we using to do the surveys reviewing the spreadsheets who's analyzing that how are we taking this on board it's a hell of a job but it needs to really be brought out in a process yes and there are more and more product operations team now that that help to gather the feedback and gather all the data to help product managers do their job and also set those processes Mm-hmm. In my previous company, there was also a UX operations person. I've noticed there is no marketing operations person, or is there? <laughs> there is marketing operations, yeah, but you don't often find them. Marketing operations is mainly data-driven. The reason why they're so important as well is that marketing operations managers are there to understand the data, look at the tools that are being used across the team, but also the automations and integrations. So it depends on whether or not you're marketing focused or more heavily product focused or UX, that where that operations person fits, but they are a great time saver, but it depends on your engineering team. It it depends if you you utilize no-code tools like Zapier to run with some of the automations or Integromat. Does that resonate with you or does that usually sit with somebody else? I think product operations gathers a lot of the data around the usage of a product itself. So in that case, you can use tools, which tells you how many users you have and where they click. But I think Mm -hmm. for product marketing, we're also looking at our message and are people actually buying into the message? You know, is that document, like that white paper, for example, um, that we posted on the website, has it attracted more users as opposed to on which feature people clicked? And probably there's some intersection between the two where you need to combine both data to be able to to tell the full mm-hmm. story yeah i think one of the issues is, is that there's so many different titles for different roles and responsibilities they all merge and at some point between different teams and it obviously depend on the size but certainly in a bigger organization when hubspot's flywheel is is really key to this certainly in product marketing with their attract engage and delight element i've really seen how the power of marketing operations or or product marketing can really have on when when you use the hubspot flywheel model 
got your attraction side of things, which is ads and uh, your content, social media and video, anything that's more attractive and more externally focused. But then you've obviously got, when it moves into product, away from the external side of things, when someone's starting to engage, you have that engage section where you've got all of your lead generation flows and your funnels, you know, email marketing, uh, lead magnets and how you're developing your leads. You've got the chatbot side of things if or you know, customer service or any automations that just help keep a user engaged with the business. And then you've got the delight side of things, which is things like using AI to deliver smart content or You've still got uh, email marketing there and some other more product marketing elements within product itself um, that you know encourages loyalty and retention. Where is the data that spans all of that? And there's, there could be multiple different tools, certainly data analysis that feeds into product throughout that flywheel. And marketing operations manager owns the oversight of the integration throughout that flywheel. It's a very strange skill set because they kind of think like data analysts. They can act like developers, but without code. But they're still very much aware of how the external user is is interacting. It's a big hole missing in a lot of organizations. And they do miss that where somebody may be very into the user experience side of things. Product manager may be the overseeing eye marketing who's actually doing the execution. There's not really somebody pulling all of the users' uh, engagement points all throughout. And yeah, Marketing Ops seems to do that. Thank you. So in this podcast, we have a guest asking you a question. This is Elaine. She's product manager at FutureLearn. Hi, Charlie. Elaine here. My question for you is, what makes a great product that will lead to great marketing? So for me, what makes a great product marketable is that it has to have a really solid value proposition and solve a real problem. So it has to really speak to an audience, speak to their needs and motivations in an emotive way uh, that will help save them time, make them more money, or you know just alleviate some of those really difficult elements of their lives, personal or professionally. And then we can really convey that messaging nice and simply and punchy as we can. So. There's the the five product uh, pyramids, the the qualities of a great product that's really useful and helpful in this sense of understanding. It's kind of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So right at the bottom, you've got usefulness. The product just has to be useful for a target demographic or some users who have specific needs. It has to be explainable, so it has to have a certain ease of explainability, simplicity, and then scalability. On top of that, habit generation is the real peak of the pyramid there. So does it make people change their habits or create new habits? And that will lead to a really easily marketable product. So you'll have tons of social proof and reviews and and testimonials. And you'll also have a great user base as well. Uh, And that's really key because of a great engaged user base, you can really iterate and get feedback quickly and, and improve the product and that in turn helps the marketing as well. So hope that helps. Thanks. So there will be several options and you have to pick one of them. Marketing or UX? (laughs) You can't make me choose. I would choose 
marketing. I believe that a progressive design and development team will be able to come up with a product that marketing can really drive and grow that user base. But what I don't believe is that alone with UAT informed design development without that marketing function, I, I don't believe that that, yeah, it may get some great word of mouth and, and things, but I've seen some products with very little, if any, marketing not do so well. And I can't believe how brilliant and amazing they have been to use. And I shout about them. And I still get clients coming to me because they've got a great product, but they're struggling with users. So marketing wins that one. Startup or enterprise? I've been in both. I would have to say startup. When a startup's done right with the right systems and processes and people, it's an incredible place to work and you really hold that purpose that is drives the team each day. With an enterprise, unless they have a startup mentality or are able to innovate in that sense quite quickly, I've just seen a lot of frustration, long-term issues and an inability to, to drive that innovation. Good. And then you talked a bit about using Loom for sharing videos. So around communication, synchronous or asynchronous? That's a really tough question because my heart's saying synchronous, my head's saying asynchronous. My heart's saying synchronous just because from my experience, and this may just be biased, but I just feel like a lot of people cannot communicate to the level that's required for asynchronous. And it really does need some proper proactive detailed context driven communicators i love nothing better than being in the same room with people synchronously and just cracking on with the product all being focused on that goal having those serendipitous conversations and and also remote maybe maybe a hybrid role in that sense of being in the same room as, as some of the core team or the management team and then the remote team or contractors uh, elsewhere not having to be in person but and what I love is asynchronous communication and that's that's only because I love the power of communication and words and I see how that can work with the right team but I just know not a lot of people are up to it. <laughs> so you've also answered the question about in the office hybrid or remote. <laughs> yeah I think hybrid is great I don't know if you've been in any teams in person and it does come down to the right team and the right person if they choose hybrid wins for me just because I've seen some amazing work happen in person when there's no barriers and there you can just flow and have that human interaction and you cannot replicate that remotely and you can't rem replicate the same kind of relationships you can develop with a team that allows you to be a certain way and be your best self. You know, I've been in fully remote global teams and I don't see that being the case. And those are really valuable people and their, you know, leadership communications and things like that. But it still wasn't anywhere near what I'd worked in previously. But I don't think you could replicate that unless we were all holograms. <laughs> Qualitative or quantitative data? Oh, that's a very good question. I mean, as any good user researcher would say, it's absolutely a blend of the two. You couldn't possibly make me choose either one of those. I suppose when you work with quantitative methods, certainly if it's on how products used, you can't really 
argue with that. So what I do see with more qualitative methods in research is that you may not get to the root of the problem and people may just be saying what they think, not necessarily how they act. Thank you very much. What would be your final piece of advice if there is a product manager listening to us who thinks I'd like to work better with product marketing? Communicate, communicate, communicate. That is just an absolute fundamental skill. Even if you don't think they will have a direct impact on what you're doing right now. If our listeners want to reach out to you for additional information, how can they contact you? I've got a digital agency, rankrobin.com. Also, my UX portfolios on usercharlie.com. Pretty active on Twitter and LinkedIn. I've got a Quick Links website, which is just my surname, penwarden.co.uk. I work in, in mentorship for a variety of different organizations and love mentoring uh, up and coming students and more than happy to work and collaborate with anyone. So, yeah, just reach out. Good. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the difficult questions. <laughs>